What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Grace Unscripted. As always, I'm your host, Ben Falkenberg. Thanks for tuning in. It's good to be here with you again. Hey, before we get going, I wanted to mention one thing. I'm going to be taking a little bit of a break from the podcast for a few months. So this is going to be the last one we hear for a little bit. Um, I'm going to be leading a connect group called Man Up, and that focuses on biblical manhood, and, and it's something I'm real passionate about. It takes a lot of time, and, and I want to be able to pour myself into that and do that well and connect with the men um, who come to that. And so I'm going to be just taking a little bit of a break here the next few months to focus on on Man Up, and then we'll get rolling with the podcast again um, in the spring probably. So Man, man Up's going to run from the end of February uh, pretty much to the end of March, I think is the dates. So after that, we'll get rolling with the podcast again. But I wanted just to free myself to, to really give it to the to the men of Man Up and, and focus on that. So I'm excited to get rolling with that and ex- excited with the podcast again here. We'll get going again soon. But hey, my, my guest today is Nate Pavlovich, and Nate is one of the student interns here. And it, it's fun sitting down with him and just getting to hear his heart, getting to hear how he got here and, and some of the stuff that shaped him um, to being a Christ follower. So thanks for tuning in. I think you're going to enjoy hearing from Nate. He's a cool dude. All right, let's roll. What's up, man? What's up, Ben? Thanks for having me. Dude, it's good to be here with you. I talked to you, man, it was probably like four months ago we talked Something about Something like that, here. yeah. You probably felt like I was stringing you out. So just a, just slightly. And then slightly. I texted you last night and I was like, hey, dude, let's do it tomorrow. You're like, all right, let's make it happen. So I'm, here we are. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, no problem. How you doing today? Early morning, I've been trying to wake up a lot earlier, trying to get a new uh, routine going, just starting my day off right. So, like, I actually don't mind waking up this early. And what What's your new routine? So, I'm uh, trying to be a little more fit, trying to you know start my day better. You know, yeah. the most successful people in this world uh, start their day at six o'clock. Yeah, I'll push for seven. That's so. Funny. I uh, I'm, I'm make you feel bad here. What my alarm went up? off at five fifteen this morning. That's ridiculous. I went to Planet Fitness, then I. Grabbed the protein shake and I drove over here for six forty five prayer meeting. Oh gosh. And now we're rolling on. It's eight thirty. Eight thirty. Yeah. I, I got up at eight o'clock today, but like I got a nice little workout in like yeah. last night at like eleven thirty to like awesome. midnight. Yeah, so like that's what you gotta do. I'm trying. I'm I, trying. Well, I got these three kids and so it's hard for me, like I feel bad leaving a lot during the day because right. I mean it's 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 chaos, right? So a lot of times it's like I I either work out at night, but that's when I like to read or spend time with Tanya. So even on days, like for my job, because I work in the hospital, I get up at 5.15 to get to the hospital. So even when I don't work, I just wake up at 5.15 and go to the gym and get that stuff done. Holy so I'm an early bird, but it's built into me. Like, I go to bed at 10. You probably don't go to bed at 10. I No, I yeah. uh, usually 1 o'clock. Good grief. None. I haven't <laughs> seen 1 So we stayed up to 1 o'clock for uh, the New Year. We actually went to a, a New Year's party, and I hadn't seen 1 o'clock, and I couldn't tell you when, except when I'm, like, really bummed. Like, when Ohio State lost to Clemson, I was up till one because I couldn't sleep. I was so mad. Oh, I was I'm up still four recovering that from that. Um, <laughs> yeah, whatever. It happens. People don't I'm care about my emotional football feelings. That's. I mean, big football guy. I, I get it. I'm like, I'm right there with you. It w- it was a tough pill to swallow. Um, but all right, on to the next. On to the next. So you're here. So you are an intern in the student ministries. Correct. Yes. How long you been doing that? So I started around. Um, August of 2018. Okay. Yeah. So what do you? Let's talk about what are you doing. So 
my job is like I'm all over the place. So like as an intern, um, I got a lot of positions. So in our ministry, you know, we have um, services on the weekends for middle schoolers. So we have a 645 service on Saturday and then a 9 o'clock service on Sunday morning here at our Jet location. So 645 p.m., yes. 9 o'clock a.m. on the Sunday. Yeah, okay. and then 1115 at our Montrose location. Gotcha. So during that, like it's just like an hour or so where we're just hanging out with the kids. And a lot of my job is like programming. So like I'll think of games. I'm I'm the fun guy. Yeah. A few of the students actually call me Captain Fun. Well, there so, you go. What so, yeah. yeah. So like I'll like plan games a lot and like a lot of times in the office that's what I'm doing is like I'm me and the rest of our team we're we're planning for the weekend. And um one of my main roles as a student ministry intern is to plan our um monthly middle school outreach event and we call it overtime. So once a month uh on a Friday we Think of something fun to do. Like in the past, we've done dodgeball. We've done this thing called Christmas Clue. What else have we done? We've done, uh, we're doing basketball coming up soon. Um, this next month, we're actually going to Urban Air. Uh, it's like this jumpy trampoline place. Oh, that's cool. But it's just, it's just a, it's a place where middle school students get to come with their friends and be themselves. And we just want to provide a safe space for them just to, to do all that. Yeah. So like me and, and the team, we, uh, spent a lot of time doing that and kind of just like organizing this and then planning things out and advertising, promoting it and, and getting the word out there about uh, our overtime. So is the overtime a lot of the kids from the church just bring their friends? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of the church? So yeah, I mean, we pull from like Copley, CBCA, Wadsworth, yeah. Highland, all these things and there's so many kids that go to all these schools. So yeah. it's like our goal is just to get as many students as we can in these doors. It sounds very young lifey. <laughs> You're a young life guy, right? I'm a big young life guy. I all got right, a young so life background. Young life should pay me because of how often I talk about it on here. So what, let's talk about it for a couple minutes. So you went to Copley High School? Yes. Um, when did you start doing young life? I started doing young life my freshman year. So like as soon as I could, it's just like, okay, this looked cool. Like I'm going to do this. Because like I had a relationship with Jesus. So you did. You grew up in a Christian household? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Christian home. Gone to grace since I was like five or six. So you, yeah. Okay. That's cool. That's, what a blessing to have yeah, that family. It's, it's, who, it's been Who cool. was leading that uh, Copley when you started? Uh, John Grissom. So when, when I, <laughs> shout out Gris. Grissom has gotten shout outs in t- two of the last four podcasts. Hey, deservingly. I mean, that man's a legend. He is a legend of, of a guy. So, all right. So you started going to Young Life. Um, Freshman year, yeah. Um, okay. A few guys, uh, Dawson Makabelli, yep. uh, Quinn He's on Harnett. Staff with Young Life. Yeah. Yeah. Me and Dawson, we're still like this. That's we're cool. still super tight. But yeah, uh, those two senior guys, Quinn Harnett, Dawson Makabelli, they kind of like, uh, I know, know Quinn too. Took me under their wing. Yeah. And like the rest is history. Like got me super into Young Life. And yeah. Guys like Matt Pavlak too. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he uh, once he graduated from high school, he sort of transitioned into Copley as a leader, and like that dude has been just a solid rock in my life when it comes. So to, I was like, his young life leader, right? That? That's what he's and telling me. I married me. him. I, that's, I, didn't I was marry there. Him. I was. I performed the ceremony. Correct. Yeah. I was there. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was he sick. Would have. That was sick. So I, because uh, when you started coming to Young Life, I was leading at Wadsworth. Right. I'd so, see you at uh, the clubs when we'd go to Romp and Stomp, and well, that was like a trip for me because when I saw you around here, it was like one of those things where like I led at Wadsworth, you were at Copley, but we did enough all area stuff that I had seen you many times. So I'm like, I know that kid. And I knew Quinn a little bit. So that's when I figured out like who you were. I was like, oh yeah, I know that kid from Young Life. So what did Young Life mean to you? What did that do to you in your relationship with the Lord? So I saw Young Life as this opportunity to like, uh, you know, 
kind of have fun with it, like have fun with my relationship with Jesus. And um, a lot of times um, it's kind of difficult, I see, to try to get people into the church. And Young Life is that like super cool um, organization that like uh, specifically can do that. It, they go out of their way to kind of get kids into the church. Like, you know, they're parachurch, so it's like yeah. they're not a church, but they want to connect with the church. So yeah. I just saw I just saw that happening, and it was like, whoa, this is so cool that, like, you know, kids that I'd never even think to see in a church would find themselves in a church because they'd get plugged in a young life. They'd realize, okay, maybe having a relationship with Jesus is, is kind of cool. Yeah. So they'd kind of push them into the church, and it's like this giant funnel. Well, I think— like so, I grew up in the church, and I had a incorrect vision of what it looked like to follow Christ. Like I saw, I didn't go to a bad church, and I didn't see anything wrong. Like my, I had a great set of parents, I had a Christian home, um, but for me, I never, I had a hard time connecting the dots of like what it looked like to follow the Lord. And I saw rules, and I saw things telling me the stuff I couldn't do, and right. So I really struggled with that. Um, as I grew up in the church, it just, I didn't do well with it, and I kind of like pushed back away from it like I don't really need this nor want this um and so for me when I started Young Life I was like 24 but it was kind of freeing to me even because I had never really been super involved in a church and that was the first kind of Christian environment that I really stepped into and was like oh like this is a bunch of people like loving each other and really having fun and and honestly that's why we ended up at Grace and I've talked about this before but like one of the things I I've one of the things about Grace that was so unique and so special to me was when we were doing Young Life, I, I was able to build a relationship with Brad Eats Creek because he was the youth pastor here, and he was like the coolest cat I've ever met because oh, he was easily. like, dude, he, he, didn't, he never felt like Young Life was this thing invading and stepping on toes. No. He was like, what an awesome thing. He's like, he would give us Bibles. Dude, Grace would send us gift cards like to the leaders. They would be like, bring your kid. And so we ended up using Grace essentially as like kids came to Young Life. They met the Lord. And then we funneled them to this church, and it's we knew that they got to hear the gospel. Crazy and then partnership, be, yeah, yeah. It was awesome. They'd be filling up the front roads with front rows with kids from from Young Life, and they kind of just walked into Grace. And we have there's so many kids that came from Young Life into Grace that Grace kind of just put their arms around, and they've stayed. Right, right. I used awesome. to be a part of that that crew that would, uh, you yeah. know, nine o'clock in the morning on the right uh, on the right side. Yeah, I was a part of that that yeah. Young Life Grace crew. Yeah, I still talk to Grissom almost. Probably, we'd probably text at least like three or four times a week. I just I love his Snapchat stories or, or his uh, his Instagram stories. Constantly watching him on there. That dude's hilarious. I went off. I'm like social media free. <laughs> Whoa. It's 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 been great. So I have a Facebook. I I'll post every once in a while. Everyone needs a Facebook. Usually the only thing that brings me out of of retirement to post is like a funny picture of my kids or Ohio State football. And so for the most part, I'm off. It's very freeing, I will say. But uh, but yeah, I don't I don't really see much of Grissom's Instagram. But I I do talk to him. He's in North Carolina now. Yeah, all about he's all about the coffee. He's yeah. all about the donuts. He's all about Maria. What a hipster! Huh? Yeah, what a guy. All right, enough young life talk. All right. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about your walk with the Lord. So you graduate high school. Graduate high you're school. You're following the Lord. You're eight, seventeen, eighteen years old. What year? Graduate. Uh, seventeen. Two thousand seventeen. Okay. Yeah. What do you do next? So, I mean, as uh, 18-year-olds living in the world we live in, um, you know, you do as what you're expected. You, you, you go to school for 18 years, and then you're supposed to know what you want to do for the rest of your life right away, like that. And for me, you know, I'm, I'm more of, you have like an unconventional thinker, and, you know, 
I always tell myself, all right, Nate, never settle, never settle, never settle. So my senior year was like, it was a whirlwind. Like I had, uh, I had a really hard time my senior year um, with just like friends, especially school. And I just, there was no motivation and it just, it seemed like everything was just going downhill and like my relationship with Jesus just was not where I wanted it to be. It not, it, and, but it's always been something that has always meant so much to me. So like at senior years winding down, like you're trying to figure out, okay, where do you, what's next? Like what's next? And you know, I was like, you know what? I'll just settle. I'll go, I'll go to Cincinnati or something like that. And you know, I'll become a teacher and like, I hate school. So it was just like, this was me settling. Yeah. And like, you know, I'll join young life down there. I'll do like H2O or crew or something like that. And, I just remember that just that wasn't fulfilling just thinking about it and, and there's no way I could do it but I had no clue what else to do as as an 18 year old just coming out of high school so a good family friend of ours was like hey Nate like um check out check out this thing called YWAM check out youth with a mission I'm like hey thanks but no thanks so like I kind of was like set on settling mm-hmm. and going to Cincinnati and kind of just probably walking away from my faith not losing it completely but not living it out and that it still didn't settle with me well so a few weeks go by and and i see one of my friends um she had just got done traveling the world she was in africa she was in fiji she was in england and like she was uh doing missions the whole time like so for me there's one thing you got to know ben so it's like i'm passionate about three things in this world i'm passionate about soccer i'm passionate about traveling and I'm passionate about Jesus. So with these passions, like I sort of knew what I wanted to do. And like I, I, I kind of discovered them as I was uh, going on this journey. But, you know, I sat down and I talked to my friend and asking her all these questions about like, you know, missions and what it's like and how it affected you and like how I can get into this. And she's like, Nate, like check out YWAM. Is that what mission. she had done? No, she had done this organization in Africa called oh, Iris. Gotcha. So it's it's kind of like YWAM, but um, – it's different. So, like, if you don't know what YWAM, YWAM, so Youth with a Mission, it's this, um, it's essentially like this gap year program. So, it's a, it's this international missions organization where kids between the ages of, like, 18 and, honestly, what like, whenever, usually, it's usually a younger crowd, but they uh, choose a base around the world. So, there's over 1,200 bases in the world. Whoa. Yeah. So, you choose a base. You get to choose? You get to choose. So... Wow. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. Like I ended up in, where was in your base? Byron Bay, Australia. So That's, so it's a solid base. That look, might be where I'd go to. It is this little beach town in the middle of uh New Th- New South Wales. It's actually the most easternly point of Australia. So Is it know, burning right now? Uh eh, a little bit. Okay. N- not not super bad, but um so like there's over twelve hundred bases in the world and um so how it works is you go to that base for about three, three and a half months, and you do what we call a DTS, so discipleship training school. So how that looks is like you're in the classroom for about three, three and a half months training, growing in your relationship with Jesus, growing in your faith, you know, learning how to do missions and all that jazz. And then the next two, two and a half months, they send you out on mission. So my mission, so where we went, my team, we went to um, India and Nepal. So I was wow. I was over in India and Nepal for six months or not six months for uh, like two months, but 
going backtracking a little bit, just like a little background. That was a little background on why I went backtracking a little bit. So like Maddie was telling me, my friend Maddie, that's her name, who was telling me about this. Um, it was kind of like, dude, like, why not? Like, you should get this. And this was like, I think this was like the first time in my life that I kind of like felt the spirit like rush through me and be like, I, I got this giddiness. I got this smile. I got this contentment. I got this peace. So I went home and I was like, hate to add, like, I'm going to check out YWAM. So like friends had left for college, college. their freshman year. Of, in- All right, we're back. Sorry, the card cut out. We got a new card. All right. My bad. Continue your story. So you said your your so, all your friends left yeah, for college. So you got like a month left sitting for around sad as heck. I'm sitting around sad as heck, and um, I just I I didn't prepare myself for for anything. So you know it's getting closer to the day, and my parents were like, "Hey, like we're gonna have a bunch of people over the night before you leave, and like kind of like pray for you, uh, like send you off." So. Bunch of families from uh, our life group, a bunch of families from our church, bunch of families from like I grew up with. They came over and I we all sat in a circle. I sat in the middle. And they all laid hands on me and started praying, and and I just it didn't even feel real. Like I was like I'm leaving for this great adventure, and like it does this doesn't even feel real. And you know afterwards we're all sitting around and having fun, talking whatnot, and. Uh, old family friend of ours uh tim knight he uh he's, like was my neighbor growing up like his best friends with their kids growing up um he came up to me he's like nate i i have three words for you i'm like all right mr knight hit me with it he says burn the ships i'm like mr knight what's that mean burn the ships i'm like mr knight what's that mean he so then he uh, proceeds to tell me um this little backstory of you know, back when Christopher Columbus was a guy, uh, there's this like Spanish warlord, and I, there's this like Spanish war, warlord guy um, by the name of like Cortez. So while as he was sailing to the New World, you know, he almost made and you know as they were pulling up, um, he told his guys, "Hey, men, hey, listen to me right now. When we land, the first thing we're doing is burning our ships. Want to know why? Because there's no turning back. Hmm. There's no turning back. Like this is your new life." This is where you are. Be here. Whatever's at home, that's not home. This is your home. So that kind of stuck with me. So um, next day, get on the plane, go to Australia, and you know, miss my flight in Sydney. So I'm like, oh, yeah. So like, I'm running around with chicken head, chicken with a, my head cut off. You know, in this country I've never been to, and halfway around, the, all the way around the world. Exactly. Yeah. First time out of my parents' like comfort, and I'm like. All right, it's big boy time. So um, I ended up like figuring things out. So I, I make it there. And um, I'm not going to lie. The first two weeks were nothing. It was nothing that I expected. Like I, I almost like hated my life hmm. because I was holding on to so much. I was like holding on to like my friends. I was holding on to, you know, my family. I was holding on to this idea of college. Like, okay, like I'm missing out on everything. And like me coming from, you know, small little Akron, Ohio, like I know everyone, everyone knows me. It's like, this is, I had to start over. Like this was new and I was, but I was terrified. I was terrified. So like, I'm calling my mom. I'm like, mom, I hate this. I want to come home. It's like two weeks in. And it's just everything just felt like it sucked. Like this wasn't where I was supposed to be. 
And like I kept telling myself that I kept telling myself that I, you know, I forgot, I forgot, I had forgotten what Mr. Knight had said, like, you know, forgot about the whole burn the ships. Cause like, I felt like everyone was making their friends and I was kind of just like sitting there, like holding on to everything from the past. So it's about three weeks in and we, uh, have worship night every Wednesday night at our, at our base and we were doing worship night and you know, we have these purple couches that I always stand on the back and we were singing the song set a fire and, um, song goes like, you know, no place I'd rather be than here in your love. So I'm, I'm, I'm standing on these couches, like, you know, arms in the air, just like talking to God. There's like a thousand things rushing through my head all at once. And you know, it feels like I'm holding on to so much. So like, it feels like I'm, I'm hanging off a cliff and like God's kind of like extending his hand down to me as I'm like grabbing onto the cliff and it's, it's slowly falling away from me. And then as I'm grabbing on, I'm like, I'm holding on to like my things of the past. I'm holding on to like, you know, everything back home, like my friends, my family, this college experience, like, you know, you know, all my pride, my selfishness. And like, I'm not trusting God. And, you know, I look, I look over and I see God extending his hand and like, I'm just, I'm terrified. I'm, I'm just terrified to grab it. I'm terrified to let go because I know if I let go, I'm dropping everything and it's, it's just going to fall off this cliff. And I, I just, you know, I felt God just call me like, Nate, trust me, trust me and let go. And I'll catch you. I'll catch you. I promise. So, you know, as we're standing on these couches, we're singing, No place I'd rather be than here in your love. You know, like, I just, I just felt this peace of being able to drop it. And I dropped it. And then, you know, as I dropped it, like, I felt like I was just falling off this cliff. And, and God extends his hand and just snatches me out of the air. And it was like the first time in my life that I kind of understood, like, what it looks like to fully surrender, what it looks like to fully trust God. And like Ben, it was like, like I'll never forget that day. Like Mm -hmm. I think that was like the turning point in my life of, you know, following Jesus with my whole heart. It was like, I understood what Mr. Knight was saying. Like, hey, burn the ships. Like you need to be here. You need Mm -hmm. to be where you are in that time. And, you know, as I, as I let everything go, it's like, I learned how to trust God with it all. You know, there would be times where like I'll take it back, but it's like it's all about relearning that trust, relearning that surrender because it's like I understood that, you know, it's not my life, it's it, it's yours. It's yours, Lord. Like it is selfish of me to try to take anything I have and hold it to myself because whatever I'm going to do with it, I'm going to screw it up. <laughs> yeah. But like knowing that God has it, it's like the most comforting thing in the world to know that like the, the creator of the universe is, is got me in the palm of his hand. Yeah. And it's just this comforting thing. So like, you know, from that moment on, like I had never grown more in my faith. Like, you know, just I had revelation after revelation, like you know, God was wrecking me in, in every which way possible. And, you know, I wasn't looking back like, you know, those first three weeks I, you know, I had the, the worst case of FOMO, the worst case of just, you know, fear of missing out. And, you know, I kind of realized that, you know, I say this to people all the time. They, like, struggle with FOMO. I'm like, you know, there's no FOMO in Jesus. Like, when you're with Jesus, 
you have it all. Like you're you're literally not missing out on anything. And you know, I started to understand what that looked like. You know, and I was surrounded by the most amazing community in the entire world. Like these are some of my best friends from like you know, from Australia, from like Germany, the Netherlands, Michigan. Ugh. Yeah, I know. We'll uh, give them a Portland, pass. Wisconsin, Texas, Indiana, like you name it. Like these are some of my best friends. And then like this is the first time that I was able to live inside this genuine community of Christ followers who are on the same in the same season of life as me, just pushing me in the direction and then like I had never grown more in my faith and you know going to India and Nepal was just like a, it was a whirlwind because it was like this whole six months is like a you know what's next what's next what's next like I was here in that season but it's you know you got to look a little bit in the future okay you know what's next so like I had these options of um you know going to um Liberty Liberty University down in Virginia or or you know going to a secondary YWAM school out in uh Hawaii or, you know, possibly choosing to staff. And then, like, the bottom of my list was, uh, you know, maybe going back to home and uh, doing this program we have at our church called Grace at Grace. But, like, when I was in India, like, I was trying to figure all that out. And I was, like, on the phone with people from Liberty. I was on the phone with people from Hawaii. I was on the phone with my dad trying to figure all this stuff out. And we were uh, doing ministry one day in the streets of Calcutta. And um, I wouldn't even say streets. We were on the side of train tracks in this slum. It's just like there's train tracks on one side and then like a barbed wire fence on the other and plastic and tarps and yeah, like little little shacks of houses. And we, uh, we were going to do some ministry. And I was kind of like disappointed that day. Just like it, just I was drained. It's like being over there is is, fierce, is physically and mentally and spiritually draining. And you know, my team like they were singing songs and stuff like that. And I kind of like found myself to the side, just like, what, what are we, what are we even doing here? Like, I was just I was a Debbie Downer that day. Like the only reason we had a crowd was because you could obviously tell that none of us were Indian. Yeah. So, you know, as as my team is like, uh, you know, singing songs on the side of these train tracks, um, in this like slum, I I kind of like you know, I veer off a little bit and I, I see these little kids playing. So like I start going up to them and I start messing with them, and I start like tickling them and you know throwing them in the air. Next thing I know, there's there's ten kids around me and I start like messing with them. And I, we start screaming like. You know, tickling them, throw them in the air, and like everyone wants their turn, and everyone's their turn. Next thing you know, there's like 20 kids around me. I'm tickling them, and I'm you know chasing them around, and they're running up the train tracks, and you know I'm throwing them in the air, and you know it's getting really hot, so I, like I take a seat, and next thing you know, all these like 20, 20 of these little kids start like you know blowing on me, and and like fanning me, and you know I get up and go, oh, and I start chasing after them again, and they all disperse, they all run away, and they're laughing and. Just felt this genuine joy of just like this, just genuine peace. Like, and it was, that was it was in that moment that I was playing with these kids in the middle of India on the side of this train tracks, with like nothing. You know, God kind of slapped me in the face. Was like, Nate, like, why would you not do anything else with your life besides full time ministry? 
And like, that's kind of where God like revealed my passion of, you know, Jesus soccer traveling to me. It's like, man, I wouldn't be following God if, if I were to do anything else in my life, nothing. Like I, I, I couldn't see myself. I try to imagine, you know, being that teacher, you know, going to Cincinnati, like there's no way, there's no way. Like I wouldn't be fulfilled. I wouldn't be doing what I'm called to do. So it's like in that moment that I realized, okay, my next path, I don't know what I'm going to choose, but I know that it has to do something with ministry, whether it is vocational or not. You know, as Christians, we're all called to full-time ministry, but, you know, like, you know, part of me, like, most of me actually, you know, feels this call to the mission field, like whether it is a third world country or, you know, a dark place in Europe or the inner city or, like, I, I know that I'm supposed to do something like that for the rest of my life, so... You know, I, I wrap up my time in India, wrap up my time, go back to Australia, wrap up my time in Australia. And God, I had through that six months had just revealed so much to me. And for the first time in my life, I, like my identity was rooted in Christ. Now, like a lot of times, like I would in the past, I'd, I'd go home from a trip or a conference and I'd come home on this Jesus high and like this time was just so different. I didn't come home on this Jesus high. I, I came home on this foundation. And like since then, my life has just been completely different. So I got home around Easter um, 2018 and I'm serving Easter services with my family and Todd Shoemaker and Brad Deeds Creek come up to me and it's like, hey, Nate, like we got a chat. Like, what's next for you? So, you know, we end up getting, like, lunch the next week just over and over and over again because they're like, hey, like, you know, we've seen you do a whole lot of growing. Like, we want to we wanna give you, we wanna give you uh, an opportunity to continue uh, doing full-time ministry. You know, how would you feel about taking an internship here uh, with our student ministries? And I'm like, uh, crap. Like, I don't know. That would, that would be like amazing. Like I come home and like, I get this opportunity to continue doing ministry. You know, you'd think like, okay, why wouldn't you take it? So like the next few weeks, like I was like praying and praying and praying, and praying about it. And, you know, I was on my way up to Kent state to go visit some friends at college. Um, you actually go to young life up there, go, go visit uh, a few of my good buddies. And, I'm just sitting there talking to God and you know, I, I just started like bawling my eyes out. I'm listening to some worship music and I start bawling my eyes out and God just wrecks me. It was like, you know, I, I, I clearly felt like I was supposed to do this internship and like, it's just crazy to think about going from that like 18 year old graduating from high school, not knowing what the heck he wanted to do, getting shipped off to Australia, not knowing what the heck he wanted to do coming back home to, you know, having some of the two most influential people in my life growing up offer me an internship to, uh, you know, work at the church and also go to school at uh, grace college. It all just like, it all just made sense. It all just, it hit me. And I was like, man, like why would I not take this opportunity? So, you know, I took the opportunity. So now like I'm, you know, coming up on uh, two years of internship and it's, it's, it's just been this whirlwind of like growth and struggle and chasing after Jesus and fun. And it's just, it's, it's just been 
ridiculous. So yeah. to wrap all that up, that long story, but so you're two years in here. What classes are you taking? Like, what are you studying? So here at, at Grace at Grace, um, the only uh, degree they offer is a degree in biblical studies. So okay. it's a whole lot of like, um, you know, Bible classes and like interpreting scripture, learning about the Old Testament, New Testament. Like right now I am in uh, history of uh, history of Christianity. So Fun fact about me, I'm a I'm a big, big, big history nerd. I, I like history. Too. I'm a big history guy. It's favorite fun. favorite movie other than Django Unchained is uh, uh National Treasure. That's a good movie. Big National Treasure guy. But so I'm I'm in like a history class. Um I was in a prayer class last semester. I was in a um uh doctrines of theology class and a statistics class. <laughs> sounds terrible oh dude i cannot do math to save my life like i i sit in this class and i literally think my head's gonna explode because it's it's not it's not doing what it's intended to do yeah and like math is just don't yeah don't even try i feel you it's the worst but i'm taking all these classes that like have helped me grow my relationship with jesus one but also have this deeper understanding of him in like a this academic way Mm -hmm. and um it's really helped me like defend my faith and kind of uh, dig into okay, why do I believe what I believe? Yeah, for like, sure. And and it's it's been huge because like I'm in a point in my life where I'm hanging out with uh, 20, 21 year olds who are flying by the seam of their pants and don't really know what they're doing. And I just I'm there. I, I like my thing is like I have this evangelistic mindset, so. You know, I, I've always naturally just been able to like go out and tell people about Jesus. But like now I have this, this, I have so much more like on, on, on the back of that, like to kind of like defend my faith and kind of, you know, Lord lead people towards towards Jesus in like a logical way. And like why this makes sense. And, you know, all these questions about the Bible, like, Oh Nate, like you really believe this? I'm like, heck yeah, I believe this. Here's why. Yeah. And because, like, you know, as 20, 21-year-olds, like, everyone's just trying to figure out, like, who they are. And it just breaks my heart to see people putting their identity in something that is ultimately going to fail them. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah, I hear you. that's everything. That's like not when, Jesus. Uh, before Dr. Fisher left, I had him on here twice, and then I had kind of a little bit of relationship with him because um, I had talked to him I don't know, this might have been three four years ago three years ago maybe I was looking at um trying to go get a theology degree all right um, now I have three kids a full-time job and this and that and so I decided not to but what I just de- but what I decided to do was just to go get one on my own without actually getting a degree and so that's what's up I kind of just started consuming myself with um, with the Bible and commentaries and I'm probably like three years into it, um, and uh, like I just finished a 1,200-page commentary on the Book of John. <sighs> but but now, jo- I had read John millions—I mean, not millions, several times, right? Right. I talked through it in Young Life all the time. But my understanding of John, after six months of that, it's it's incomparable to where it was. And to me, like that's so, been so important to me because it's kind of informed why you would go out. And so like we, Dr. Fisher and I would say like, like Dr. Fisher would say um, like the heartbeat behind knowing the Bible is you want to know about God, but more importantly, know him. Yeah. And then as you know him, it pushes you out. But if you just go out and you don't know him, 
what are you bringing to people exactly other than like a superficial truth of like well this is what the bible says and it's like where show me you know or no it's like show me like show me in the bible like i'm a big piper guy and so he's always like if you can show me in the book i'll believe it but if you bring some things or feelings about jesus to me and you can't show it to me in the book i'm there's nothing you have nothing for me and so it's been really important to me in my life like i've made a, a huge priority because um I don't know, it's been the way God has really changed my heart is through his word and through really trying to understand it and give give a lot of my heart and my time to like just studying his word and reading. I just have, like I never read. I hated Same. to read. And I freaking read like, like I've read, I'm reading this book called Knowing God right now by J.I. Packer. If you're listening to this, I would I would buy that book and I would read it, man. J.I. Packer, Knowing God, it, it's, it's incredible. But like I've read two books since Christmas. Okay. So like I get after it and like it's been a way that he's changed my heart of like I hated to read and now I can't I can't function without it. And I just try to read all the time. Um and it's I, I really changed that. my heart of like I, I'm starting to understand him better and, and even just like understanding God. I, I like I'm I'm like really passionate about this and there's a line that I have to walk um because I'm like kind of vocal about it and like I have a like I have a pretty good relationship with some of the pastors here. Um and like I just have so much respect for them and for like the vision of the church, um, and you know, but I also have this thing, and I've been vocal about it of like we have to we have to push people to know their Bible, and I'm not, and I try not to say that because it's it gets really easy to get on a high horse and look down and be like you don't know your Bible, right? And it's like if you're listening to this, please that's don't hear hear me in that at all. What what I'm trying to say is like if you're reading the Bible and you see Jesus and you're like building your understanding of who Jesus is and all you've read is like Matthew and John and this and that, you've missed this massive part about who Jesus is that runs from page one of the Bible. Right. Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Like when it says God created, it's like the triune God created the heavens and the earth. And so like this was the first, like the last two years, I actually finally read through the whole story of Israel. Okay. With a different commentaries i read through the whole story it took me like a year and a half and dude it changed everything because now i was able to interact with the new testament and see jesus and be like this isn't two different gods that one's angry and one's loving it's right, like right, this right. is the same person and he's is love in all of that but like he's got a plan and he's like got these these people that he's chosen and he's just like pulling them towards him the entire way through and it's it's changed my heart but the biggest thing is I, I, I've said now is like I want other people to see that. Like I want you to be informed. I want you to understand who God is through the Bible. And um, and that's in our culture, North American culture. So it's not like a Grace Church thing. Right. People don't read their Bible, right? And and no one reads their Bible. And so I, I've just been trying to like just press into that in myself of like I want to know this book. I want to know him. And like I want to play a part not only in like telling people about crisis but also being like dude like you should dig into this like it's spectacular stuff like i mean every day like there's something in there that's gonna like wreck you and then you read it again two months later the same thing and it wrecks you again and so that that's kind of been a a thing that i've been trying to be um a part of is in my own life and and now I'm, i'm in a small group and we're like actually going through galatians like on a pretty deep level like we'll spend a sunday and get through like three verses and it's been awesome because like i think I think we're starting to like get into some depth and try to understand like in three sentences 
what Paul just said there changes everything. You know what I mean? Um, I feel like I'm, I'm ranting a little bit, but I feel you in that. Like, I, I, I think that's so spectacular. Like, you're um, really searching after God's Word and, and kind of building up, like, a, a theology. Like, right. if, if you don't have a theology to stand on, what are you standing on? And if, and if you do, if you find out who God is and who the Bible says that he is, it's such an awesome thing that that should push you out. And that was always Dr. Fisher's thing to me. Like, the know it, live it, give it away is not live it, give it away. It's know it, right? live it, give it away. Right. And so if you're just giving it away and you're just living it, you're wasting it. And if you're just knowing it and not giving it away, you've missed the heart of God. Um, and so I, th- I think in our culture, like, it's really easy to live it and give it away. And so I think it's so cool that you're trying to know it first. Um, and I'm right there with you. Like, that's what I'm trying to do because I find that when I know it, that actually inf- pushes me out towards people. Exactly. Knowing it helps me live it and living it helps me give it away. Yeah. That, I mean, it's that cycle. But, you know, honestly, like, sometimes it, it gets tough. Like, sometimes, like, it is schoolwork. And yeah. I've always had this, you know, love-hate relationship with school. But it's also taught me how to um, continually make my relationship with Jesus my own every day. Yeah not like rely on an assignment or something to get into the word or do something. And I've done a whole lot better with that lately. I've just, God's like, you know, setting a fire in my heart right now when it, when it comes to knowing him more, when it comes to uh, trusting him more wanting to love him more and understanding how he, he loves me and, and all that jazz. But like God's just been, he's been wrecking me lately when it comes to, you know, his scripture and the devotions I'm doing and the books I'm reading. It's like, you know, I've never been like this. I've never been more motivated in my life. Like when it comes to all this stuff and a lot of it has to do with like school and you know what I'm passionate about, like what I'm working towards. And like, honestly, like I don't know fully what I'm working towards. So like, so you'll, you have two more years of school left and then you'll have your degree in Mm. biblical studies from here. Um, So for the next two years, I mean, you don't know what's going to happen, but right. the, the, the plan would be most likely you have two more years of being an intern here in the student ministries. Something like that. And then at the end of that, it's kind of like, where, do, what's you, next? where yeah. do you feel yourself? Where do you see yourself going? What do you think God has for you? Um, do you have any idea on that? So, I don't know. You know what? No, I do know. I Like, I do know. Like, going back, I've said this. This is my third time saying it now. Like, I'm passionate about three things, Jesus, soccer, and traveling. Mm-hmm. So I think I would be doing myself a disservice if I, if I didn't uh, spend my life doing that. Mm-hmm. So I believe that uh, soccer is an international language. Like, I'd go to India. I'd go to Nepal, not know what the heck some of these kids are saying, but I got a soccer ball. Yeah, man, I'm it's on. I'm showing them Jesus. Yeah, and um, I just have this. I have this heart for missions. Like I have this evangelistic mindset. I you know, I joke around. My only spiritual gift I have is evangelism. I like I think that's all I got. But I'm gonna use it regardless if I do. I can I can get in conversations with anyone anywhere. So what kind of stuff did you do in uh, India? Like you say you were going to do like ministry. Like how do you minister? To freaking these little kids that you don't can't speak the language, like how, what does that look like? What were you guys doing? Um, so uh, we had we had a contact there and uh, use our translator. His name was Ags, and uh, he would um, obviously translate for us. But like he'd set up sometimes for us and um, go to like homes and like pray for people. Go to homes and like lead house churches. Go to like little villages and like kind of just like um, sing songs 
give quick little testimonies, all translated and whatnot. But um, a part of like figuring out what my passions were, um, you know, I, I have a little story real quick. So to give you an idea of some of the ministry we did there, um, so we have a house in India in the middle of the red light district. So if like you're listening to this and you don't know what the red red light district is, it's it's uh uh essentially it's it's a lot of prostitution happening, you know, sex trafficking and and it just I think about it and it just makes my stomach churn. Like I it just am disgusted. Like I just am righteously angry. So um one day we were getting prepared to go do a ministry out in the in the city and they're like hey like we're going to red light district and they give us a little heads up like hey like you guys are going to see things you've never seen before um you guys need to prepare yourself uh mentally and prepare yourself spiritually and i didn't i didn't so we uh get off the train and the red light district and in Calcutta is like it's it's so like how Calcutta is set up it's like it's this grid so like you know when you're there so uh our our guys like all right so this is how this is going to work there's going to be two guys in front and then there's going to be a girl behind her a girl behind her a girl behind her two guys in the middle and then a girl behind her girl behind her girl behind her and then two guys in the back so single file line you know we we'll cross the street get into the get into the uh get into the zone head down and guys, let's let's just pray. So, I'm up front with our contact, and um, he's leading the way. So our our uh, our house that we had was in like in the, the smack dab middle of of it all. So um, we're walking down the street, and um, my head's down, and I'm trying not to look up because like I just I know I'm gonna lose it. And, and we're prayer walking, and I'm praying over this place like God, like. You know, I, 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 I pray for freedom over this place. I, you know, I pray that you like you set this place free and, and whatever's going on here, Lord, like, like you do your thing, God. And, um, you know, Axe Taps was like, all right, we're about to get, we're about to pass our first uh, brothel. And I'm like, heads down, heads down, heads down. You know, trying to hold in everything, you know, as like people are just staring at us. And like, I can't even imagine what the girls felt like just yeah. being there. Like, it, it, just, it breaks my heart. So we, we get ready to pass our first brothel, and I'm like, all right, Nate, don't look, don't look, don't look down the hallway. Don't don't look at any of the pimps. And next thing I do is, like, I, I'm up, my head's up, split second look down the hallway, and, like, the image that I saw, like, it, it, it haunts me. Like, I saw 30 to 40 women lined up in just the most beautiful dresses, from the ages of like 10 to 80 grief and I knew what they were doing there yeah. and I put my head back down and I kept walking and so as soon as I had put my head back down I like I started bawling my eyes out like what is going on like God like I need you more than ever this place needs you more than ever there's so much just disgust there's so much hate here there's just you know these women deserve so much better and we kept walking, we kept walking and you know, I'm trying to hold myself together and then we get to our house and when we get to our house, we stop. And next thing you know, 
you know, our, our girls were all they're all huddled up waiting to get inside this house as as our guys going to unlock the door. And next thing you know, there's just just hordes of men just around us. And like, I gotta be a man in this situation. I got you know, I gotta protect these girls. So like, you know, me and a few of the guys were just surrounding our girls as close as we can get and I'm holding it together, trying to fight 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 tears away and like I've never clinched my fist harder in my life. I've never been so righteously angry, especially as it, it, it got that personal because these girls that I get, you know, I've grown with, you know, I've done life with for the past four or five months. Like I know how these guys are looking at them and they're like, I'm just getting so angry. And, you know, our, our contact finally opens the door and we all rush inside as this, you know, this group is just around us watching us. All we do get in, close the door and like, oh man, like I just, I lose it. Like, I've never been so righteously angry in my life. Like, I've never been so, like, I, I don't even know. I just, I lost it because, like, it, probably, it broke my heart. And it was you probably just, saw sin in a way that you had maybe just the, the like, the spiritual darkness of, of man maybe on display in a way that you had. I'd never seen that like before. such a scale it, of it. It just, I hear about this stuff all the time, but yeah. for me to see it firsthand was just, like, it was sickening. Oh, I can, I can't really imagine and, what. That and would we be like. like sat there for the next two two hours, just you know, worshiping God in the middle of this, just you know, praising His name, praying over the place, and and that's wild. Left just uh, just feeling comforted by the Father, just like man, like even to think that we have a team there in the heart of that, yeah. I like no matter how long it takes, it's like that team's there. Yeah. And they're doing something for the glory of the kingdom. Yeah. Then you just like, I'll look back and I'll, I'll think to myself, I'll just stop in the middle of the day. Sometimes I'm like, man, like I'm here in, you know, first world America and all that stuff's going on right now. Like as I sit here, as I think, and it just, it breaks my heart. And, you know, that's the that's so like to answer your question like that's the kind of ministry he did and yeah. that kind of like led me to understanding my passions more. It's like you know I've always uh, I've always uh, thought that you'll know your passions when you find out what breaks your heart, and to see that yeah, stuff okay. is like, man, that broke my heart. And then that's where like the whole like traveling missions thing comes in. And yeah. It's like, and I don't know what's next for me, but like. I hope that you know some get some 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 day that it is somewhere in the mission field, whether it is third world or not. But like I I know what I'm supposed to do with my life, and I know what I'm passionate about, and I know that if I keep chasing after the Lord and all I do, and keep trusting Him regardless of the situation, it's like He's never gonna fail me, and it's it's just the most comforting thing that that I have in my entire life. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, all right, dude. Well, hey, you got to go get your dad. I got to go get home because my, my kiddos need me. Um, I appreciate you sitting down. It's great to have you here. I'll be excited to uh, see what you're doing the next couple years and then yeah. see where you end up. Thanks for That's having exciting. me. Seriously. Yeah, oh, yeah, dude. This is great. Great conversation, it man. Was, it was really cool hearing about um, Liz Miller had been on, and she she had done YWAM a, a decent, I won't say a long time ago, Liz. <laughs> She had done it, and so when when you said it too, Liz Miller, like, oh, you're I've, a legend. I've heard about that, um, so it's cool just kind of hearing specifics of that, and, and 
and what you've done. So, dude, I appreciate your time, man. It was Dude, awesome. Thanks, brother. Here. Hope you have a great rest of your day. You as well, man. All right, I'll see you around. All right.